Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, FTC leaks reveal Microsoft and Bethesda's future plans. So recently, there were some big leaks from, I believe, the FTC in regards to Microsoft and Xbox and all that jazz. We got a bunch of confidential information that no one was meant to receive. Some attachment to some PDF or something. The exact details don't matter, but we weren't meant to get that information. But because of this, a lot of stuff has come out that may be true, may be false, who knows. Or rather, like it's, it's in the papers, but you know, things change. But regardless, people like talking about this stuff. And one of the things is, a Microsoft document has confirmed the Elder Scrolls 6 will skip PS5 and only launch on Xbox and PC. Like, I just think this makes sense. There are clearly some games, especially multiplayer ones like your, your Call of Duties and stuff, where it makes sense to have it on as many platforms as possible to build up that player base, to always have a lot of people in the matchmaking and stuff. But when, you when it comes to more single player based experiences, especially very popular ones, you know that are already going to be very popular and that you know people will go into ecosystems to buy you know, consoles to play. It can make sense with these to have them exclusive to stuff that you control. And I heard recently, for example, at least in, I think it was in the UK or something, that Starfield caused the sales of Xboxes to go up by 70 something percent. It's been proven that making something exclusive to a particular platform can cause people to engage with that platform more. And I guess they just consider it to be worth it to get people in the Xbox Microsoft ecosystem than to potentially sell more copies by uh, having it on as many consoles as possible. Wouldn't surprise me though, if later down the line, you know, year, to whatever. Um, they pushed it out to PlayStation 5 as well, just to get even more sales, but who knows? As I was saying, I, I think this is a smart move for them. And maybe I'm not salty because it's coming to PC, so who cares? <laughs> Sell an organ, guys. Get a good PC so you can play Elder Scrolls 6 in the way that it should be played. It, it, it would obviously suck if you don't have access to a good PC, you don't have access to Xbox, and you only have a PlayStation, and you want to play Elder Scrolls. But you would have to imagine that most of the people these days who like really like Elder Scrolls would have been playing it on PC for the last 10 years or whatever, because of how many mods have, have been available for it, right? I mean, Elder Scrolls 6 is like eons away though. They only recently just said that they moved out of pre-production or whatever. What was the exact, exact phrasing? Like they announced it like a million years ago, in part, I think just to drum up marketing hype or whatever. And they just did nothing with it because they were working on Starfield 4 this time. It's not like this is gonna be a, a thing people have to worry about for many, many years. They said the earliest we'd see it is 2028. Damn, five years. Yeah, I mean, that, that would make sense for the games made by uh, Bethesda. Obviously, there was far more in the leak than just talking about Elder Scrolls 6. It's also leaked that there's an Xbox Series X refresh, uh, mid-gen change. Xbox Series X refresh, digital only, two terabyte storage. Target launch, October 2024. New Xbox controller with gyro. With gyro? The, isn't that where, like, when you move the controller, it can sense where it is and it can impact and change like where crosshair is on the screen? What the hell would they use that for? I mean, it's gonna make all the controllers more expensive. Are they, is it really gonna be used all that much? PS5 has that already? I know that PlayStation 5 has the haptic feedback controllers. You'd be thinking, you would think that Xbox would try to replicate something similar to that. Maybe you can have some other features, who knows? We also got the release schedule from 2020 to 2024. Highlights here apparently being Fallout 3 Remaster, Ghostwire Tokyo sequel, Dishonored 3 Oblivion Remaster, Doom Year Zero, a bunch of stuff here. And apparently next generation Xbox early details released in 2028, maybe coinciding with the release of Elder Scrolls 6. It's a bunch of nonsense really. Like I'm not that interested in this kind of stuff. I mean, it's interesting that the stuff comes out when it comes out. No amount of knowing about this stuff beforehand really changes anything about my life, you know? And this list was from before Microsoft bought them. Yeah, so things can change, exactly. Oh, Glow is saying here, note that the leaks were 
for emails from 2020 or 2021. So plans have easily changed, like Red Dead Redemption 2 next-gen being cancelled, etc. Far from certain information. Everyone's riled up about Twitter's new fake payment requirements. So this became very big on Twitter, and everyone immediately jumped onto it, believing it because it's so believable, but it turned out to be potentially not true. Elon Musk is considering charging everyone to use Twitter or X as a way to get rid of bots on the platform, according to Bloomberg's Dave Lee. So Dave Lee says here, Elon Musk revisiting an idea apparently floated privately in the past, charging everyone to use Twitter, a lower tier than premium. We're moving to a small monthly payment for use of the X system. He just told Benjamin Netanyahu, saying it's the only way to stamp out bots. So I commented on this like, that's insanely stupid. The only reason that it makes sense to use Twitter is because quote unquote, everyone is here. Because it's so easily accessible, people can jump in whenever, because free. But if you put a barrier to entry of payments in front of people, then a lot of people won't want to pay it, either not wanting to give their information or not being able to afford it. And so that will exclude a very large portion of people from the Twitter ecosystem. And that will make Twitter less valuable, less worth using, less worth paying for. And so whatever competitor exists, whatever that is, whatever you want, Threads, Sky Blue, whatever, everyone would move there. And then that would be the place worth being because everyone would be on that competitor and Twitter would just die. Putting a hard barrier to entry for the entire platform of money doesn't make sense. But the tweet that I responded to that talked about this got community noted. I think they said this is directly false where Elon was more saying that he wanted like a lower tier of premium. That's not exactly premium, a, a cheaper costing thing with less benefits or whatever that people can buy on to. And so have more people paying uh, to better easily stamp out bots. I'm not sure, but I deleted my tweet because uh, it seemed very believable that Elon Musk would once again do something insanely stupid because he doesn't know how social media works. But if it's not true, like I don't want to spread that shit. Speaking to that other idea of having an even lower tiered system of payment, I'm not sure what that would get him because I don't think the main reason people aren't signing up for Twitter Blue or aren't, more people aren't signing up for Twitter Blue is because it's $8. Like, I don't think $4 would change things. I don't think $2 would. I don't think $1 would, you know? I mean, certainly if you made it $1 and the features were just insane somehow, sure. But most people don't want to pay for social media. Don't want to pay for something that was previously free. They don't want to give in their details. They don't want to sign up for another subscription. It doesn't matter how low the price is. There's always going to be a lot of those people, you know? This is what I got paid for over 8 million impressions on Twitter. So I said I'd keep you updated as to how much money I'm receiving from Twitter. Remember how everyone was like, man, you can make so much big money on Twitter. Oh my God, Twitter's gonna change the game. And I'm like, this is dumb. Like, there's no way they can pay out large amounts of money. Twitter doesn't make that much money. The ad revenue is going down. Content wasn't their problem. Paying people money from the limited amount of money that Twitter's making is not going to change things for the platform. That is just really, really dumb. What are you talking about? You had so many famous people making free content on the platform, generating you money. And, and Elon Musk has done everything to undercut, undermine that. It's just so insane. But here is my next payment. I tweeted this out. I want to personally thank Elon Musk for the $27 I got paid this month for 8.2 million impressions. Understand, these are just impressions. Impressions are fucking meaningless. The only reason this impressions thing is here is because Elon wanted to make it seem like you're getting far more engagement than you actually are. So like if you receive on YouTube, let's say 100,000 impressions, you should expect that to be like, what is it, like 5,000 views or something. 
Like, like actually clicking into it, you know, engagement. An impression on Twitter is just when you scroll by. Like you may like have glanced at it for one nanosecond. That's it. That's why like the impressions can be 100,000, the likes be like 2,000. Regardless, I, I continue. I'm going to reinvest this money into myself and make the best content humanly possible. X is way better than all other social media. Clearly bullshitting. So basically everything I predicted about this uh, scam to get people more interested in Twitter when threads was uh, popping off. It was it was just a marketing campaign, as I, a marketing gimmick, as I said, to draw attention away from threads to Twitter and, and to cut threads off at the knees, which it did end up doing. So being a smart move on that part, although, of course, required a lot of lies in regards to the amount of money people were going to be paid on the platform. A look at how MrBeast and YouTube have grown over time. I want to make this for myself but I, I may as well show you this one because it's what inspired me to want to make this. Mr. B shared how many subscribers he had on every birthday of his. So when he was 12, he had one subscriber, 13, 10 subscribers, 14, 25 subscribers, 15, 76 subscribers, 16, 1,000 subscribers, 17, 2,000 subscribers, 18, 30,000 subscribers. So like it took him six years to get somewhere. And I've repeated this a handful of times talking about like, hey, even Mr. Beast, it took him a while to get somewhere. And I think I was in the uh, one of the speedrunning discords and someone was like, okay, yeah, that's true, Matt. But he was 12 when he started. And I was like, okay, fair. Sure, it, it took me like six years to get somewhere significant as well. Like I had like, I don't know, like 8,000 subscribers when I was uh, like five years in or something. I'm not sure. Like when I did my first six years, I started when I was 22 or 23. Doing six years when you're in your 20s is very different than doing six years when you're in your teens. Of course, a lot of what YouTube is, is being at the right place at the right time to get the right information to find a niche that you can fill in order to grow. Because you're limited by the information that you have access to at any given time. So even if, you know, I had started at 12, or even if Mr. Beast had started at 22, it doesn't mean our fortunes would have reversed or we would have been in better situations, right? It's, your age isn't the primary determining factor on whether or not you're gonna get successful on YouTube. But you would assume that being in your 20s would probably make it easier. So I have tried to stop referencing that in the future, uh, in conversations I've had, because it's, it's a true statement, but it, six years isn't the same for everyone, you know? So, he, but he goes on here, at 19 years old, he had a million subscribers. 20 years old, he had 5 million subscribers. 21 years old, he had 18 million. 22 years old, 34 million. 23 years old, 62 million. 24 years old, 25 million. 25, 150 million. 26, 184 million. It's weird to think that Mr. Beast is still in his 20s, in that phase of most people's lives where they feel like they have everything figured out and they're willing to just say anything. But in Mr. Beast's case, he clearly does ha have some things figured out and is very successful. I hope that that hasn't gone through his head, then she leading him to uh, have that justified amount of doubt that everyone should have of themselves. Regardless, seeing this, I wanna make something like this for myself. I'm curious what my sub count was at at every year of, of my, at March 15th, which is my birthday. I, I probably could just pay someone else to make it for me or something, I'm not sure. I would have to find my old social blade, use the Wayback Machine and stuff, my old account and stuff. Yeah, we'll see what happens if I make that or not. You didn't realize who was only 25, kind of wild? Yeah, there's a lot of people that got really, really successful early on in their life, right? Like when I first started, half as many people in the world even had access to the internet. I think it's currently at something like 70% or something. When I started YouTube, it was like 30 something percent. Well, how big was YouTube itself? Um, YouTube users by year. So when I first started, YouTube had 700 million active users 
and now it has 2.7 billion. So almost, th this website is now almost four times what it was when I first started. Crazy to think about how big all this has grown so quickly. As I often say, when I joined Twitch and YouTube, it had reached that point where it was no longer the testing ground. It was no longer that period where people were like, oh, can you become successful, make a living on social media? It was known that you could. It was just not really understood how. It's a bit more understood now. And obviously there's just so many variables you don't control related to that bit. I got in at probably like one of the best times to get in when it was understood that you could do it, but not everyone was trying to do it at that point. Payday 3 has removed de novo, the anti-piracy measure. I wonder what led to this decision. For those who don't know, de novo is a anti-piracy measure that some people put into their games. I think it's mainly for PC, but a lot of people hate it because it, it can impact the performance of the game. It can impact like your FPS and, and whatnot. People have compared cracked versions of games to the full release versions of the games that you've paid for and the cracked version, the one that pirates have uh, produced, I mean, uh, released to the public that you can just download piracy, you know, that, all that jazz. Um, that one actually ends up running better because it doesn't have the new view attached to it. But Payday 3, or the Payday team, whatever, has just announced, Hello Heisters, we want to inform you that Denuvo is no longer in Payday 3. We look forward to seeing you in New York City. Happy heisting. Which I saw Mudaha was very happy about, perhaps in large part because, like, you need an internet connection to verify stuff with this anti-piracy garbage, and that can impact people's ability to play games on the go and whatnot, or on Steam Deck and stuff. Like, I wonder why they added it and then removed it. Maybe there was a bit of backlash. Mudaha hates the Nouveau. I mean, that's, from my understanding, everyone hates it. It usually prevents people from, like, pirating the game or, or cracking it or whatever for, like, a couple of weeks or something. And maybe, like, companies consider, well, I, I guess the first couple of weeks of a game's release are the most important of the game's lifespan, usually. I completely misunderstood this tiny aspect of GTA 5 story. So the videos haven't come out yet, but I've been making GTA lore videos. By the time that this comes out and rambles, maybe those videos will be out by now. Who knows? Gonna be maybe four of them, which is just answering all the various different questions people have given to the story questions section on the Discord over the years. There are many questions where I knew the answer and I explained the answer, but in the process of getting B-roll, like the stuff shown on screen or finding supporting information in the game, even more supporting information was uncovered. So like random conversations that were in Hangouts that I've long since forgotten that also established something is true. So it was a very interesting process for me seeing all this stuff. But one thing that I found that I think I was actually wrong about was something fairly simple. On the mission by the book, Michael says to Dave, you said you were gonna clean up everything in North Yankton. And Dave's like, you said it was gonna be a clean job, no casualties. There were more eyes on that situation than they needed to be. Right, and what about Trevor? What about him? I need some resolution, Davey. You let him walk. You said you'd clean the whole thing up back in North Yankton. And you told me it'd be a clean job, no casualties. There were more eyes on that town than they needed. Yeah, well, according to my eyes, Trevor's your problem, Dave, as much as he is mine. Listening to all the dialogue there, I thought Michael explicitly said that Dave was meant to handle the police. Not simply the situation that arose after the shit hit the fan, but even before that, I thought Dave was meant to handle the local law enforcement and to keep them showing up at the scene at all. And from listening to all the dialogue, I can understand why perhaps I had that misinterpretation, but they don't say that explicitly. You could imagine that was something Dave was meant to do as a part of their deal, but that is not there at all. And I was very surprised to hear that because I've, I've repeated that on stream multiple times. Like, oh, Dave failed to keep the cops away, which I mean, he may have, but I mean, it doesn't say that it, that he was something he was meant to be doing, which sucks that I was wrong about that. My new security system has greatly improved my life. 
So I recently purchased for myself a big time security system where I've got motion sensors everywhere. Any doors get opened and like on my phone, it's like, hey, this door was opened. When I'm coming home, I can turn off my alarm with my phone or I can turn on my alarm with my phone rather than having to drive in my driveway and dash out of my car, get and press in the button before the alarm goes off. It's great. But I've also installed cameras as a part of the security system at the side, back and front of my house. And I always assumed that this security would be basically pointless. Like it's more there just to make me feel all cozy and comfortable and safe and stuff. And it's likely never gonna be used for any legitimate purpose. But one thing that these cameras do is you can get, put lines where if any significant movements or it detects like cars or people or whatever crosses that line, it will send you a notification or it'll make a snapshot of that period and you can watch, you can watch when that event happened. So my McDonald's was dropped off and it doesn't say on the app when it was dropped off. And I was like, hang on a second, open my phone, look at the app and I'm like, oh, here's a picture of the dude dropping off my food two minutes ago. Yes. And that question has happened so many times. And now because of these, this ridiculous security system, I can now have that answer every time I want it, which is great. Another thing is, I don't know if you live alone or whatever, but sometimes on rare occasions, you can feel a bit uneasy. Like you hear a creak in your house and you're like, oh, it's, it's just a creak in the house. But that primitive part of your brain is like, there's someone coming to kill you. You're gonna die. You, should, you need to go look in your house to make sure no one is there. That feeling is annoying and it usually results in me walking downstairs, looking around going, oh, there is no one here and going back to bed. But now with my app, I can at least like look outside my house. And when there's no one there, I'm like, cool easy. And I know if there was someone downstairs, they would set off the motion detectors or whatever and my alarm would go off. And so that just makes me feel at ease. And so I can stay in bed. I don't have to get out of bed anymore to do that. So this security system, while initially I was getting it more for the hell of it, it's already improved my life in measurable ways. I'm loving it. So basically, if you live alone and you worry that people on the internet are going to come kill you, buy a security system. My battle with cockroaches. I don't want to feed into people's fears of Australia, but last night I woke up and I hear, I felt like a scratching under my back and my instant first thought is, ah, oh, the spider, ah, oh, no. And so like, I, I try to crush it, but it's just squirming, squirming there. I reach my hand around and I just crush the thing in a panic and I, I get out of my bed and I guess I didn't crush it that hard because it turned out to be a cockroach, a big ass fucking cockroach. Huge, monstrous. And I even found another one on the floor. The lighting's different, but they were both the same size. Like, I guess they were a couple. Killed them both. I plans to sleep longer. I don't even sleep in five and a half hours, but I just couldn't get back to bed. I was like, fuck this shit. Now, I've had my whole house sprayed, so bugs like this shouldn't be able to get in or should just die the second they get in here. But I think what might have caused it is I think I left my back door open yesterday. Cause I've got like a carpet thing that like like makes it so it, when you pull it open, it it stays there until you want to close it. And uh, I, I think I just forgot to close it, which really sucks. Cause I have noticed a, a few more bugs flying around, but I haven't noticed that many more. So maybe I guess maybe the, the surface spray stuff from the pest control people have uh, done its job. I'm not sure, but it, it just seems weird for the cockroaches to like get through my back door and be like, we're in the house. Where do we go? Da -da 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 -da, upstairs, da -da 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 -da, into the master bedroom, da -da -da, into my fucking back. Scary. I mean, no, it shouldn't be scary though. They're just fucking cockroaches. Like, what are they gonna do to me, chat? They're just gross. You can say it was a large, sizable, substantial, considerable, great, huge, immense, enormous, extensive, colossal, massive, mammoth, vast, prodigious, tremendous, gigantic, giant, monumental, mighty, stupendous, gargantuan, elephantine cockroach. Indeed. This picture makes me look strangely sad. As you've likely noticed, uh, I got a haircut. My hair doesn't always look like this, but uh, it's just a little bit up right now. What it normally looks like is like this. In this picture, you can see just my hair looking normal. When I took this picture, I didn't realize how sad I looked. 
My hair looks camps, but my beard is like, I, I should have trimmed back my beard or something. I, like, I, I don't take pictures of myself very often. I was like, hey, here's my haircut or whatever. And there's a picture of me. Oddly, my phone said it twice. So I, it said it once and then like two hours later, sent it again to Twitter, which is really fucking embarrassing, but whatever. There's a picture of me looking sad. If I, to describe myself, I said down here, I look tired. Like I have just asked you, how are you? And regretfully, you are now actually telling me how you are rather than just responding, good. Oh, I'm now here now in this conversation. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you cried for the photo. No, I was just very tired. But I, it does look like I'm baked or tearing up or something. But yeah. Where's that Ben Affleck meme when he's got the cigarette? And he's just like, <sighs> yeah, kind of like that, I suppose. I got to the top of the me IRL subreddit. So you know me, I always like it when I get noticed or get big on a subreddit that's not my own subreddit. And that happened in the me in real life subreddit. And it's just the picture I put on Twitter. I have 14 boxes of cables that I never use, but I don't get rid of. And there's all my boxes. I did think it was very relatable. And so I guess that's what me in real life is. It's just finding images of stuff that are very relatable to people, right? But they got 14,000 upvotes. Nick the Pask added me and Juco said underneath, can't wait for this to be mentioned in rambles one day, maybe. <laughs> Gonna take around two weeks to get on YouTube? Matt, if you're reading this, hello. I would also like to say hello to Matto. I too would like to say hello to Matt. I don't know who Matt is, but I... I don't watch Dark Web AU, but hello, Matthew. I watch Dark Web AU religiously, so hello, Matt. $207 mig back. In a large part, I included this just because of those messages. But uh, always nice to see subreddits outside of my own being like, Hey, yo, the Dark Viper guy. I like that guy. That's cool. Stop! Now that I have your attention, hit the like and subscribe button. Thank you. I wish you all the best.